All right, let's see. There we go. It's picking up. Some Halloween theme. Halloween already? Oh, listen to Christmas music today. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Never you listen before Thanksgiving today. Oh. I was like, Spotify. Nothing to listen to. Ah, oh, Johnny Madness. <laughs> listen to like five Christmas songs. Turn it off quickly. Week one of college football is in the books. Welcome to week five of the role players. Five. That's like a, did we get a gold star? If we want, yeah. That, I didn't realize it now, goes by quickly. That's kind of like uh, getting a trophy for participating though, right? We, yeah, but, but really like week one of something worth talking about. Exactly. Like actual content results. Awesome. We're, I'm excited. We picked up another follower this week on Twitter. We're up to 17 now. Ooh. So uh, we're on Close pace. Close to getting verified. We're, we're, we're on pace to get that blue check. Mm-hmm. So excited about that, man. Let's let's jump into it because we got a lot to go over. We're going we're gonna to talk about kind of this weekend, kind of what we saw, what we learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to pick on some people like we always do. Yeah, and some people make it real easy to pick on them too. Yeah. So, Certain coaches. So. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Most people could probably guess what we're talking about there. By this point. I don't, yeah. If they didn't watch the game, they wouldn't That's see. That's true. So if you were busy Monday night, you might have missed a... Fill them in. And, and, yeah. and in honor of a special event in Atlanta, I think we're going to have a wild card. We're just going to talk about that for a few minutes. But mm-hmm. we're going to review... Review last week's games, kind of preview what's coming up. This is an all-football segment, so if you're yeah. looking for a boxing, golf, U.S. Open, some other segment, um, it's not going to happen. You can yeah. go check out the Four Letter Network, all right? And, yeah. and uh, So anyhow, let's, let's jump into it. What, you know, what I learned, okay, and I'm, I'm going to jump in right now, Daniel. Jimbo Fisher made some very strong statements at the beginning of, uh, in ACC media days, and he said that the ACC was the best conference uh, in in the country. And I know we're not conference guys, uh-uh. but I do have I do have a stat: ACC in week one, zero and three versus SEC. Zero and three, yeah, not not um not backing them up there no. with their performance. No, not at all. And uh, Alabama does what Alabama does. Not it's only so boring at this point. It's it, it's so dull. Well, like, they're gonna have an opener. They're gonna they're gonna shut down whoever they play. <laughs> uh, is there a gonna, script? Is there a script that that Nick Saban's reading off of? And he tells us, guys, we're gonna play perfect. We're not gonna make a mistake. And when then the other team does, we're gonna score twenty five, you know, touchdowns. <gasps> they only score three touchdowns against Florida State. So. Um, Seminole fans don't fret, even though your quarterback is going for the season. Yeah, it's, well, it's hard hard to say not to fret. That's a pretty big that's a pretty big blow to take for a team that most people thought would be in the playoff. I had him in the national title game. Yeah, a lot of people had him winning it with with Francois. You without him, when you go to a true freshman, James Blackman, that's a that's a taller task. They can they can still get it done, but. Ooh. Road got a lot harder. Yeah, get tough road to road, tough road to hoe for Florida State. But um, with, you know, moving right along, uh, Clemson looked pretty good this weekend. I thought. Uh, yeah, it didn't look all that much different. I mean, granted, Kent State is, is not the the strongest opponent, but the offense looked solid. You know, it didn't seem like they were. You lost a ton on offense, but they still put up plenty of points. <laughs> Didn't seem to have an issue. A lot tougher task this week, which we'll get into, of yeah, course. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to talk about, you know, I, I was accosted in church on Sunday by by uh, one of our listeners uh, mm-hmm. ab- ab- about Florida, and, and uh, she said, and she happens to have red hair. I won't mention her name, but mm-hmm. she's got red hair, and she stands about five foot four, and she's a big Georgia Tech fan. So uh, she was all up in my face before I could even, you know, you know, get the word this you know on Sunday morning about how 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 dare I pick Florida to win and how awful Florida looked and and I said hey we we made those picks before the season started I did not know that 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 Scarlet was going to get suspended and Callaway was going to get suspended I I didn't know that I didn't know that they didn't yeah. know how to throw a forward pass I mean I you. <laughs> You showed me the video on Twitter about how awful the receivers were, but I thought, ah, you know, McElwain and get it figured out. But Florida looked really bad. It, matter of fact, they looked like Blake Bortles was their quarterback. They, that was a, a hideous offensive display from an offensive-minded head coach. 
I mean, they. I, who knows how good Michigan's D will turn out to be, but good Lord, that was painful. They haven't had a great offense in several years, but it's like a new low, a new low <laughs> for them. I mean, goodness, I don't know how you you could get too excited. They'll they'll probably still beat Georgia by thirty this year, but it's uh oh that that was that was hard to watch. So still, and we still don't know about Florida. There there could be more suspensions coming. So yeah, more still more to active co- investigation. More more to come on that. Uh, I know you had a couple of things. I'm, I feel like I'm stealing it right now. Last thing I want to talk about was how in the world do you give up 51 points oh, to we're not Maryland? Gonna, yeah, we're, I, I thought we had agreed not to discuss Wait, Texas. Did we? Did somebody have Texas as their sleeper? <laughs> hey, it's, we, it's one week. Not a great start after <laughs> I had such strong support for Tom Herman. Uh, I felt like a little part of me died watching that. Uh, yeah, 51 points to Maryland. That's... Oof, not a, not a good start for Tom Herman. I mean, I, I understand those are Charlie Strong's players, but I, I think I may have told you earlier, not even Florida A&M doesn't yield uh, 51 points to Maryland. Yeah, I don't know if Charlie Strong gave up 51 points to a team like that in his time there. That's That was that was a beatdown. So, I mean, not a beatdown, but but offensively. I mean, the defense just it couldn't stop anybody. It was... Yeah, I, speaking of that... Of that conference, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> one incompletion in the, in the half. That's an impressive start for Lincoln Riley. Yeah, out of a big week. Yeah, they uh, they look good. You know, one of the one of the things that we man, we'll get in this, and maybe we can talk about it now. Um, it, it had every intention of pulling up the Miami. I'm sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer offensive line because Greg Schiano made an. Uh, an incendiary remark, or or maybe a ridiculous remark. Hyperbolic. Uh, the, yes, hyperbolic. That's probably a great one. He said that the Ohio State defensive line is better than the defensive line he had when he was down in Tampa Bay. That's just kind of dumb, and I really hope that um, I kind of hope Ohio State pays a price for those. You're setting high standards for yourself too. Most most coaches try to downplay. Their, their teams not come out and compare them to an NFL team before they even snap. Yeah, it's uh, so. Let's, it, let's also mention. Let's point out. Um, Kevin Sumlin and Texas A and M with one of the greatest choke jobs I've ever seen. I thought that. I mean, forty-four to ten in the third quarter. You know, I think I've seen that movie before. It's called the Houston Oilers in a playoff game in the late <laughs> late eighties. Man, and they're be- yeah. I I saw a, a similar a similar um, meltdown, letdown. Yeah, yeah. In the in the Super Bowl last year. What, what but, happened? What happened in the Super Bowl last year? I don't I don't I don't quite recall that. Uh, the, at, at some point, the Falcons were winning by a lot, and then they weren't winning. And then they they. Pull it out. Falcons pull it out. Is that what you're telling? I don't, me? <laughs> I don't believe so. Oh, we man, that's got we'll we'll, pour any more salt in that wound. But yeah, that's Kevin Sumlin. You uh, you got off to that start. I stopped watching the game and then I turned back, and I was I would tell my brother I was like, it, it's a shame we don't get to listen to an exciting game from Gus because Gus Johnson is one of our favorites to listen to. Absolutely. And every game he he does seems like it has an exciting ending and comes down to the wire. And so in the third quarter, 34-point lead, and I'm like, oh, man, Gus is first big game of the year. Letting everybody uh, down. Right. There's not going to be – but sure enough, comes down to the wire, and on that fake spike, he let out a a classic Gus call. But, man, already a hot seat for someone, and then you do that. Yeah, I can't imagine – I I wouldn't put put it past Texas A&M to release someone after game six. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you, they kind of part ways. He, they, they figure out a, enough boosters will buy him out, buy mm-hmm. him out of his contract. And uh, no matter what they said preseason about how much confidence they have in Kevin Sumlin, I think that that might have been one of the final nails in the coffin. Yeah, it has to be. Um, has to be. I think. And who do they go after? You know, that's that's I've an interesting. Chip Kelly, which his name comes up at every co- well, college job. Exactly. You know, I'm gonna switch gears because I not completely, but you want to talk about who you go after. I have a a friend of mine who is a Florida State alum, huge Florida State fan, and his comment was, "We got to get rid of Jimbo." And I said, "Got to get rid of him." Got to get rid of Jimbo. I yeah. That, <laughs> get, <laughs> 
We are we are talking about the. I know he's, uh. he's a friend of mine, and and so I, I was trying to talk him off the ledge and saying, look, you know, uh, there's rich. only one Nick Saban. There's only one Urban Cryer. I mean Meyer. Right. You know, who 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 do you get? Belichick's not coming. No. Saban's not coming. Meyer's not coming. Who uh, who's who out there has proven themselves? More that's that's crazy talk. That that's is, overreaction. That is absurd, and it's his the rationale. And I understand where the Florida State, and, and I guess if you went to Florida State and you give your money to Florida State, you want you you know as your as your alma mater, you want them to be the school, the team. You look at Alabama in terms of football, and hey, maybe we're we're living in the past. You know, as a Hurricane fan, I certainly have have to live in the past. Uh, Georgia fans have to live in the way, way back past, past. Right. Yeah. yeah, way, way back, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the way back when I was five years old past. Yeah, yeah, the year of my birth. <laughs> yeah. So, But it's just we're in an era where it's Alabama's time, okay? Yeah. It, it's not always going to be Alabama's time. Um, I can remember times when Mike Shula was a head coach at yeah. Alabama, and they weren't very good. Yeah, and um, he won't be there forever. No, so – uh, so, so once again, back to Sumlin and, and even to any fan this weekend who is upset over their team's loss and wants to, you know, throw in the towel on week one and say we quit, who are you going to get? Who are right. you going to get? Right. Uh, That's the thing. There is How many no- coaches have a, a national title right now? Jimbo, Urban, Saban, Dabo. Who am I missing? Am I missing anybody? Um, gosh. I can't think of that, man. Uh, it, you can count them on one or two hands. Right. And you, it's like, yeah, Pete Carroll's not coming back to right. college. You better, you better, you better have a guy that's a sure thing coming in there. Because I mean, I, that's just I, I but, don't see how you run off Jimbo Fisher. Or maybe you want him oh, maybe you, maybe Bob Stoops wants to come back. Uh, yeah, but I mean, let's let's be let's be to be real. Is Jimbo Fisher? There's Nick Saban and, and Urban Meyer, and then I, I think Jimbo was right there in that yeah. that second tier of be. coaching, and does a phenomenal job at Florida State. And trust me, that pains me to say that as a, yeah. a Hurricane fan, but uh, nothing but respect for the job that Jimbo does. And of course, they've got a, a tremendous uphill battle without DeAndre Francois. But Texas A&M, who you, who you gonna get? I don't know. Who that's, you gonna get? That's Le- not. Ex- it's a tough. To, that's a tough division mm. to play in out there in the West, but. But that has nothing to do with losing a 30-point, 34-point yeah. lead in week one. But And week one, the biggest thing is, to me, is is don't overreact and make snap judgments based on one week because year in and year out, you see things happen in week one. Remember a couple of years ago when A&M came out, I think they played South Carolina week one with Kenny Hill, and they put up like 40-something mm-hmm. points, and everybody was, he, you know, he gave himself a nickname and Heisman candidate, and they were so they looked so good. And last year, USC just looked awful against Alabama, of course. Um, and then they end up coming and, and winning the Rose Bowl. So it's like don't don't rush to judgment after one week. It's it's the first week. Everybody's nobody's in a groove really. Safe for Alabama. Crazy things happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's the exception, but just strange things happen. So so don't get too upset. You know, if you lost to a, if you fumbled away a last second. Um, you know, to a team that that holds a trash can on the sidelines, it's not the end of the world. Um, so don't don't overreact. It's still a lot to be played. A lot to be played. And let's let's talk about our picks real quick. We were three and one, three and uh, one. Yeah, Both of us were three it, and one. Leave it to Georgia Tech to to. Give me me. Both of us are only lost. You know, keep us from going four zero. Not so that much. Seven fifty. You know, we went seven fifty. You know, that's if we were in the major leagues, we would be all stars. Legends, yeah. But uh, it's it's easier when you're picking four <laughs> games, and they're and not ten thousand at bats. Is yeah, that? <laughs> I think we picked a favorite in in three of the four games, and the one we didn't, we uh, we paid the price. For we it. lost. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. JJ Green fumbled away our our chance at batting a thousand this weekend. But so so there was. Um, Gosh, we got to talk about this since you brought it up. So three and one, obviously Virginia Tech wins. Mm-hmm. Great, great ball game. Virginia Tech, West Virginia on Sunday yeah. night, especially um, the second half. First yeah, half was kind of dull. Yeah, but the second guy, they I think both teams found a groove. Michigan, Florida was kind of a snoozer. Yeah, uh, just kind of bad football to watch from Florida offensively. Yeah. Michigan picks that win. Uh, I, I think, um, uh, you know, t- Tennessee Tech, uh, exciting to me, an exciting ball game with from a standpoint of high scoring, but. 
very difficult to watch that ball game early on, uh, especially when Tennessee had the ball. Uh, they 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 just looked kind of putrid. Didn't yeah. uh, you know? And then the and defensively, they didn't they didn't look too great. I mean, it's hard to tell against Tech, but nothing nothing jumped out. They 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 weren't too impressive in week one. I know they get it. he Butch Jones seems to like luck into these wins and these games that he should have lost because he should have lost that game. Tech was driving and was going to go up two scores late and Green fumbles it away and then they somehow, you know, and he goes for two um, in overtime. But Butch Jones just, and I'm sure he's super excited about it and coming up with, you know, some gimmick and and preaching to his fans about how something, you know, it's never been done or whatever he says. But that was, yeah, that wasn't, wasn't the most impressive display. Well, let's talk about. There was a interesting. You know, we were we were texting back and forth during the game, and maybe one day we'll live text to all our our fans. <laughs> Probably not, but um, there was a gimmick on the sideline. Now I've seen things like this before, where you know, yet I know Miami has this gold chain or whatever. They yeah, do. That's, that's cool. <laughs> though. I like that. I like that. There's I've seen. Chain. I've seen. You know, defensive coordinator, defensive backs coach, or linebackers coach have. You know, like the WWE belt. Yeah, Bama does the belt. So, but some people t- do like a lacrosse, a lacrosse stick. I forgot what Georgia does, but it's it's something. At Texas A&M has the cane. Okay, the cane. So when you get a turnover, you you get the cane. I, I guess. All respectable objects. But. Tennessee went a completely different <laughs> route with this. Um, so every time that the Tennessee defense forces or, or a turnover, what what happens, Daniel? What happened? They attempt, keyword attempt here, to dunk the ball into a trash can, Wait, giant you, trash can. Did you just say dunk? Because I thought this was football season. I don't, yeah, don't. and it doesn't always work. As we saw, he missed. So the big trash can with their logo, Team 121, whatever that is. Like, Butch has a new gimmick each each year and, and like, just raises the bar on. I mean, I don't know any of their fans that liked it, any writers that like us. I was reading a bunch of tweets responding to it, and it's like, he's just like, I mean, are you tone deaf? Like, how can you... How can you sit together and say, like in the team, the coaches meeting, who came out? You know, let's put a trash can. Let's have a guy on our sidelines holding up a trash can the whole time. <laughs> and who thought, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, because our program is garbage. So why, no, it's like why? The, the most. You open yourself up to oh, so many oh jokes, gosh. and the memes were countless this this weekend. And afterwards, he he said something like, "Yeah, I don't I don't understand." Teams do things like this all the time. <laughs> Nobody's ever no, put a trash can on the no, sideline. No, 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 they don't. Butch, oh, I hope they keep him forever. Oh my gosh, he's he's the best thing that's ever happened to us. Mm, Not really, but giving. but he's a gift for this show. He's a gift. He's like a caricature of like like in a in a movie. If you had like an over the top football coach, you know, especially like a high school coach. But he's he's like if you took the stereotype of, of the kind of a meathead coach who just yells and grunts and is always mad. Like, he fits that perfectly. He really does. Oh, my gosh. Beat red Butch Jones. Mm. Congratulations. As much trash as we talk about you, ultimately you your defense stopped Georgia Tech when it mattered. You walk out with a 42-41 win, and I have not heard from redheaded Jenna since. Uh, that, that's, that would be a tough one to – to get over too quickly. And he, he came out with his excuse before the game. I couldn't stand this, where he, he talked about how Georgia Tech had a uh, walkthrough or a practice in there in the Dome earlier and how that was an advantage to them. And I was like, this guy's already come up coming up with excuses why they didn't win. But he didn't need him. He had an impressive one-point victory there, Butch. What do you think about Paul Johnson going for two at the end of that game? I, I expected him to in the first overtime mm. just because that's kind of how he is. Mm-hmm. And I thought he would be able to get it. And I was surprised that they didn't get it. I mean, most coaches wouldn't go for it. And the next overtime, it was mandatory, mandatory too, right? right? So I figured you just kind of wait. I liked it. I liked it that he's confident enough and rolled the dice on it. You know, if it had, if it had worked out, he would look a lot smarter doing it. But um, didn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. Well, you win some, lose some. Yeah. What else you got, man? Anything else from week one you want to cover? Are we you ready to move on? I think on? that's it. I think that's it. Really, I mean, well, well, Georgia obviously suffered an, an injury of their own that's not going to be season-ending to Jacob Eason, and uh, and then Jake Fromm comes in. I would say pump pump the brakes 
uh, on a, you know, crowning Jake from, you know, Tom Brady or mm-hmm. whatever. A lot of people, the offense looked better when he came in, but let's, I mean, he's still a true freshman. And uh, the last thing, a lot of, this is what drives me crazy with Georgia fans, it, well, I guess fans in general, but Georgia fans, there's like this, this Eason versus from debate going on where like you have to be in the camp of one or the other. You can't just whoever's the better quarterback, great. And some of it's people from Georgia that want the Georgia kid to to be better and don't like the West Coast kid as much that comes in, and so they're pulling for Fromm. But the the Eason versus Fromm debate is is kind of ridiculous to me, and and it it's better off for Georgia if Eason comes back and is healthy. And if if Fromm beats him out, if Fromm goes, say Eason's out for five or six games, and you're five or a, five and zero oh or six and zero. Oh, like, do you do you just plug Eason back in if Fromm played well? No, I don't think you do that. I think yeah. you, you you go with the hot hand, and he's gotta he's gotta earn that back in practice. And maybe maybe Eason is a better quarterback. I don't know, but mm-hmm. Fromm looked pretty good. I didn't, you know, I, I'm sitting there watching the game with a, a bunch of Georgia fans, and they're freaking out when the injury goes. And I kind of I try to sit back and really observe. And mm-hmm. so uh, they shortened they, they looked like they simplified the playbook for Fromm. And uh, he was able to do some things. He wasn't perfect, but he was serviceable. And that's what you want out of, a, a, to me, a game like App State. You know, get the ground game running, throw a couple passes, find mm-hmm. a receiver, and then, you know, move on to the next one. You can't some, – some of the Georgia fans, too, have said, well, Eason hasn't – he hasn't improved at all since last year. Well, you know, I can see that three series. I mean, Nick Chubb had five yards rushing in those series. First few series. Nothing was happening with the offense. Right. So, so let's, let's wait a you know, slow down before we say Eason hasn't improved at all and Fromm's clearly the better quarterback. So let's just see how it plays out. Well, we're going to see, and let's jump into it right now since we're talking about Georgia. First game on our docket, mm-hmm. uh, big game, unranked, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, they're both ranked now. They're both ranked now. Yeah. Okay, so last week they were Notre, Notre Dame, Dame was at 24 right. and, and 25 in the other polls. So. Okay, yeah. so number 25 Notre Dame against number, was it 13? 15. Yeah, right, because I paid a ton of attention to the polls this week. <laughs> In my show prep. That's all right. Polls don't matter. This yeah, they, early. they don't, do they? So, mm-hmm. Notre Dame hosting Georgia. First time in, what, 30? Uh, who knows? I mean, the last time they played was, was in um, 81, I believe. I mean, I don't know the last time we played at Notre Dame. I, I wasn't alive. Okay, so the hollow grounds of Notre Dame, you know, touchdown Jesus, Rudy, all that other good stuff. Um, a, a team that most love to hate, um, mm-hmm. unless you're Catholic, what do you have? What do you have in this game? Notre Dame, Georgia. Uh, what, what? It's tough. To, it's tough to say. They were, you know, four and eight last year. We weren't all that impressive last year. So they played Rice in Week One, rushed for or had six hundred something yards of offense, four hundred yards on the ground, um, and then we, you know we play App State. It's hard to tell exactly what you've got. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a a tight game either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're it's it's really their strength. On offense, they've got a they've got a very solid offensive line, especially the left side. You know, future NFL players. Our front seven is our strength. They've got a mobile quarterback and Brandon Wimbush, some big receivers, which gave us a lot of problems last year when we played against bigger receivers. And who knows what what Jake Fromm's going to do and how our offensive line is going to is going to play. Their defense isn't all that strong either, so it's kind of I don't really know what to expect. Yeah, I, you know what I expect as a Miami Hurricane fan? I expect some kind of phantom flag late in the game for some pass interference that never happened. Uh, look, we talked about Notre Dame's – you talked about Notre Dame's rushing three rushers over 100 yards. Once mm-hmm. again, you know, it's Temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did ha- I say Rice? I think I said Rice. Did you say – I'm pretty sure – I'm thinking it? Stanford. Okay. It was, I mean, it was Temple. Okay. I probably got it. No, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, we'll fact check that and tweet it out later on. Um yeah. But, uh, you know, three 100-yard rushers, including quarterback, you know, Brandon Wimbush, big game offensively. If I'm if I'm Notre Dame defensively, do I stack the box and, 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 yeah. and try to neutralize Chubb and, um, and Sony and, and make Fromm beat us down the field? Yeah, I think and you have to. At some point, he's going to have to go down the field, right? You think you would think yeah, that they're going to have to stretch that field. And, um, that, that has to be the game plan. Because until, you know, Chubb and Michelle, everybody knows how good they are, mm-hmm. the two future NFL running backs. 
and you've got a true freshman quarterback and a bunch of receivers who some are talented, but no nobody proven there. Uh, so yeah, you've you've got to you've got to load up and and make Jake Fromm prove it. Going back to Notre Dame's offense, one of the best names in the history of college football, an Equinemius St. Brown, the wide receiver, right? Yes. Oh, big six five Equinemius St. Brown. That's it's a classic name. That's a matchup. To point that out. Matchup nightmare. So yeah, for you Georgia Georgia fans traveling, man, that's probably still going to be without Malcolm Parrish, who's who's really our most experienced cornerback. He's a short. He's five nine. He's a shorter guy. So we'll, I'm, we'll probably be playing freshman in the secondary again. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough challenge going because Notre Dame's got some big boys out there out wide. A lot of height. A lot of height. They like to grow that grass. So they can neutralize the speed. We we don't want to. We won't talk about all the Notre Dame tricks. Um, Notre Dame comes in as a six and a half point favorite. Uh, I, I won't necessarily ask you for a score unless you want to give it to me, Daniel. Oh, I couldn't. You couldn't. No clue no, about a score. Does Notre Dame cover? I don't think they'll cover. I if. So you're I taking mean, honestly, Georgia in the yeah, points? Yeah, yeah. To uh, yeah, I I think. If I had to bet straight up, I would probably take Notre Dame, but um, yeah, I don't think that I don't I don't think they'll cover six and a half. So Daniel Allen, UG Allen has Georgia. He's gonna take his six and a half points. Um, yeah. I, you tough road trip. Always tough to go play Notre Dame. Probably not as good as a. They are. I think this game is. Uh, I'm gonna go with the score 27-23. I think Notre Dame does beat Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I'll take the points. Georgia and the points. Notre Dame wins a game, uh, 27-23, and does not cover. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to give. It's it's just hard to it's hard to tell based on week one against two, you know, very inferior teams it's just hard to know what to expect yep. here and and as a georgia fan in the early 2000s you know first part of mark rick's career these are games that we typically won but it's been a long time <laughs> we haven't exactly shown out in these uh, these situations recently so until we do it um i'm not i'm not holding my breath and especially without without ease and with the true freshman quarterback so just kind of hoping for the best it's it's a heck of an experience though and to see, I mean, we not we might not play again at Notre Dame while I'm alive, so um, love to be out there. That's going to be a heck of a trip for the fans making it. Absolutely. If you're a Falcons fan, man, you got Atlanta playing Chicago on Sunday. Yeah, that's you that's know. going on there too. Yeah, so that's a about a little over an hour, 45-minute uh, ride, I believe, from South Bend to Chicago. Uh, have made that trip before. Um Good little trip if you can get up there this weekend to do that. Now, let's move on mm-hmm. to the Deep South. Mm-hmm. Clemson and Auburn. Both these battle of the Tigers. Man, we we had a Tiger battle of the day. Yeah, we'll, no, get no, that. we'll get to that. We'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, maybe one of maybe Aubie got lost coming <laughs> on I, the way to Clemson, <laughs> Clemson this weekend. Um, this is the game that I'm probably the most interested in this weekend. Well, other, other than Georgia personally, but as far as the other games to watch. This is the one that, to me, I'll be keeping an eye on the closest. I mean, I think I, this is a, the reason this game intrigues me is that you have an Auburn team who um, everybody the, the preseason prognosis is that Auburn is back and everybody is kind of jumping on that Auburn bag bandwagon. Mm-hmm. I jumped on it myself, and then oh yeah, you did the the question mark around Clemson when you lose uh, Deshaun Watson and uh, Wayne Gallman at running back. Um, Mike Williams. Think at wide receiver. Um, so Clemson's kind of an unproven. They they beat up on Kent State in week one. Uh, it was a balanced rushing attack. You know, it, uh, Travis Etienne, and, or I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sure, and, and Tavian Feaster and Kelly Bryant uh, running the ball, Bryant throwing the ball as well. Uh, Clemson's defense held uh, the flashes to 120 total yards. That Their D-line, I think, is the best in the country. That's nasty. That is, I mean, I don't care who you are. That's, I mean, it's not like they were playing St. Uh, uh, Anse- Anselm from New Hampshire, all right, yeah. in Division Two school. We're talking about um, a Division One program, right? Yeah, Antonio Gates, former, yeah. former school. That's, 
That's definitely going to be strength on strength with mm. Auburn's running game against Clemson's D-line. That's going to be a war in the trenches. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see what Stidham – he didn't have a touchdown this weekend, did he? Two uh, interceptions? I think he had two – was it two picks? Was it – Yeah. No, are you thinking of uh, – Oh, two touchdowns uh, and one pick. I'm sorry. Do you know who had two picks? Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Picks. Getting them mixed up. Yeah, um, my Heisman candidates yeah. mixed up. <laughs> so um, – yeah, against Georgia Southern, he two touchdowns, nothing super gaudy. I mean, they they on the ground is where they, you know, where they do get most of their uh, production from. So it, it'll we'll see if they can establish a run game and if he can open it up for him at the passing game and any of those wide receivers can can step up. And the Auburn's D is solid too. Yeah, they that's kind of been their, their hallmark over the years at defense. Like you talked about Auburn's rushing game, both Cam Martin and Carryon Johnson, 136 yards apiece, mm-hmm. not total apiece, and, and a touchdown apiece. So uh, certainly, uh, Styles make fights. Um, I think these two teams are, are almost mirror images of each other. Uh, yeah, they are. So I, I, I'm looking for a kind of a back and forth battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that Clemson home field advantage is as is, is big as, as Clemson thinks it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Auburn keeps his game close, in my opinion. I know we'll get to get to uh, the predictions in a minute, but I'm really looking for a track meet here and a high-scoring affair. Really? Yeah. Yep. Even with those two defenses, I, I think I think these teams are going to – I think they're going to get after it. And it's, you know, third, fourth quarter, a couple of defensive breakdowns, and man, we we might be looking at a thirty-five to thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-one kind of ball game. So seventy, say seventy points to the over/under. You got the over. I got the over. Yeah. You're probably right. You you picked West Virginia, Virginia Tech to be higher scoring, and it was. And I thought that would be a defensive battle. So, yeah, I think it'll be lower scoring. Um. But they could they could run off. My my thing here is I'm going with the the more experienced who I think more experienced quarterback Stidham over Kelly Bryant who's got to prove himself. So what's the spread? Five and a half. Five and a half points. Clemson's, Clemson's giving yeah, it five I'll and a half. I'll take Auburn at that one. So Daniel's going to take Auburn in the mm-hmm. five and a half. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Auburn as well. I think Clemson wins the ball game. Mm-hmm. I think five and a half is too much. Like I said, 35, uh, you know, what did I say, 38, 34. Uh, sounds like a great score to me. 38, mm-hmm. 34, Clemson over Auburn. Auburn does cover the five and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see if Clemson can make a liar out of us. ACC, they could break through. And for conference pride guy, they could they could make up for week one. Week one was pretty bad for if you're, an, if you're a conference guy. If yeah. you're a conference guy. I'm not a conference guy. Nah. Not at all. Uh, but I just had to point that out for all of our conference guys out there. Yeah. USC Stanford, USC man. Stanford. Early on, hey, this is this earlier than the normal. It well, this like is a game up. that when Sam Darnold came in at, and I think it's the second half of this game last year and took over starting role for USC and mm-hmm. uh, kind of moved them to the the upward, moved them on that upward trajectory. Um, USC Stanford the Trojans got an early season early game kind of scare from Western Michigan, but that was a mm-hmm. pretty good Western Michigan team last year, so we're not talking about a bunch of scrubs. Uh, Darnold, we talked about a little bit earlier, I think struggled getting the ball, finding the end zone from a passing standpoint. I think he's threw for, what was it, 233 yards or, or 53 yards, I think. Or, no, 233, I believe. Six, I'm sorry. Whatever. Whatever it was, but two interceptions. That's no touchdowns, two picks. Yeah. Um, but they did have uh, Ronald Jones rushing for yeah, Ronald Jones went crazy. 159 yards. Carr, mm-hmm. The freshman stepped in and, r- and ran the ball well. That's yeah. The, the PJ Fleck must have left, uh, you know, the next coach some some talent or some experience or something. That was that was close for a long yeah. time, and yeah. then kind of Jones kind of ran away with it. Like more of a scare than you would expect in USC. I think most people probably expected them to come out and put up. 40 or 50 points and, you know, easily win that game. So Stanford, on the other hand, came out and did, you know, was never in doubt against Rice. Kind of just pounded them into Mm -hmm. oblivion in week one. And Stanford always plays USC close. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, 
USC gave up. I think this is a stat I, I thought was impressive. They were or or telling they gave up 260 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, Bryce Love rushed for 180 yards against Rice. He ought to be chomping at the bit to get the ball, uh, or they should be chomping at the bit to get the ball to him yeah. against Stanford. I believe this is a home game for Stanford, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Um, 656 yards for Stanford. Total offense. Yeah. That's gave up that's, that's in one game, right? Not Ooh. not two, right? Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, even if it was Rice. Uh-huh. That was very impressive week 1. So right you got a you got a USC defense who may be a little shaky. Uh-huh. Um I I think Darnold will come around. I don't think that's an issue, but um man, if you can't stop Stanford and I think this, you know, USC is a 7-point favorite in this ball game. Um, that's surprising. I think that's a lot of points for the Trojans, a mm-hmm. uh, team that only beat uh, Western Michigan by, what, 14? Yeah. Um, and we can't go by week to week. We know that that yeah. game doesn't work. But, but that's all we have to go on that, right now. Right. So recent history leads me to believe that this game is going to be a little bit closer, kind of one of these um, last – Almost, I'm almost feeling like a miracle in 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 Stanford, you know, Stanford mm-hmm. Cardinal Stadium or Stanford Stadium, whatever they call it, uh, where they are down by four points, they come back and get a touchdown late or uh, pick six or, or something, and, and I don't know why USC would be throwing the ball late, but I just feel like USC's slow starting team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's man. gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a war. These games all usually are are pretty good. It's kind of. These are kind of the games, though, where it where Stanford looks so good in Week One and USC looks shaky, and so people are going to start, you know, trending towards Stanford, where USC would come out and win by two touchdowns, <laughs> right? Like right. historically, what is so seven point favorite for USC? Uh, take Stanford in that one all day. So all he, day, Mr. Allen is going to take his seven points. Mm-hmm. He's going with all. All dogs here. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I think they got this line backwards. I think USC should be getting seven points, not Stanford. Uh, I'm going to take Stanford to win this game straight up. Um, and like I said, I think it'll be a one a one score affair. I've got Stanford 31, USC 28, uh, and I will take Stanford. Uh, we will even give USC two and a half points. Last but not least, from the co- all all three of the same picks too. Oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. are we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you took. So you took Auburn. I I did take Auburn. Um, but Clemson. To Clemson win. to That's win. That's the difference. Yeah. Straight up, I have and, yeah. Auburn winning. You have Clemson winning. Okay. But against the spread, we're the same so far. Right. So far, so good. Last but not least, from the college ranks, man, maybe the biggest biggest matchup this weekend, top ten uh, matchup. We talked a little bit about Greg Schiano's, uh mm-hmm. preposterous marks about the Ohio State offensive line. Um, going up against a very impressive Baker Mayfield. Um, Ohio State giving up seven and a half points. Oklahoma coming in the horseshoe. What you got, man? I've got, so Ohio State, Indiana threw for 400 yards on them, which is not a good sign with Baker Mayfield. You know, his efficiency in that high-powered offense coming in. So, before that, if this had been a week one matchup, I would have picked Ohio State to to cover easily. But now I don't I don't know. That's that's going to be tough because that defense didn't look, didn't look all that great in the opener. And uh, you've got a high-powered offense coming in. So, that kind of – what and, – and Barrett didn't, to me, didn't look all that um, – didn't look all that great. J.K. Dobbins, the freshman, looked looked very good running the ball. But that game was – I mean, they were losing in the third quarter mm-hmm. to Indiana. And uh, so I left, you know, at the start of the fourth. Um, I left, and then I looked back, and they're up, they used to score 24 points in the fourth quarter. So I didn't see exactly how they did that. But um, that's got me th- – I mean, like I said, if it were week one, I would have picked Ohio State to cover. But in this situation um, – I think I'm, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. What are you thinking? I, here's, here's something. You, we mentioned that the 437 yards, they, they were gashed by, by Indiana. Uh, I think total, total um, Indiana, 437 yards total offensive uh, yards. But Oklahoma, I'm sorry, Ohio State forced three turnovers. All right, so 
there is a silver lining maybe to that cloud. They they were gashed a little bit, but they were able to turn them over. And I think that that might have been one of the differences late in the ball game. Um, Baker Mayfield's going to get his. I realize Oklahoma had an overmatched opponent in week one. One of the things I, I thought I saw, they had three running backs with over 50 yards each. And one of mentioned, I'll mention Trey Sermon, uh, Sprayberry's yeah. very own true freshman, uh, played well for Oklahoma. Uh, like I said, Abdul Adams, Marcellius Sutton, and, and Trey Sermon all over 50 yards for Oklahoma. They're going to need to do a little bit more than that. We, we know that the MO uh, for Oklahoma is going to be for Mayfield to get the ball and spread it out, spread it around. Uh, the guy was a former walk-on, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. what, a, what a great story for Oklahoma. A guy, uh, and I heard someone say, I can't remember who it was, but he probably plays with a chip on his shoulder because of that walk-on uh, mentality. I, I think that's, that's great. I think Ohio State is a very difficult place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that seven and a half points is way too many uh, points in a game like this. And, and maybe you're betting on Lincoln Riley without the head coaching experience. Maybe he makes a coaching blunder late, early. I don't, yeah. I don't know. you got Urban Cryer over – I mean, Urban Meyer on the other side of the ball. Um, I, I really think that Greg Schiano is going to eat, be eating his words uh, about that offensive line. You've got Oklahoma – Mm-hmm. Which I still, t- I mean, I still think Ohio State's going to win the national championship. I just don't think they'll. You got they'll Oklahoma win by eight points. Yeah, covering. So right. you pick Oklahoma to cover. Yeah. Man, I hate to I, I hate to do Ohio this State because we're, we're 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 running neck and neck. You've got, I've got um, Ohio State winning this ball game mm-hmm. uh, on a field goal, nonetheless, thirty-one twenty-eight Buckeyes over Oklahoma. Gotcha. So we both, yeah. Thinking alike in all, in all these games against the spread. I mean, too too easy. These but are the kind. This is the kind of endings that that Meyer seems to have at Ohio State. And Ohio State in general over the years is is a late field goal to win. Mm-hmm. So that's that Big Ten football, right? Yeah. Oh, but we're not talking about conferences. I have four great matchups, and they're all between seven and eight o'clock kickoff. Like before that, there's not there's there's no great matchups. So you couldn't have put one of these games at like three thirty or four. All between seven o'clock and eight o'clock. So I'll be watching on three TVs, which typically is enough for at my brother's house. He has three TVs, typically enough to cover any Every, action that right, you have, right? Right. And now there's going to be going to be four games on all at the same time. I don't I don't get that. And poor scheduling, and maybe maybe the networks are really competing for your dollar. Um, so get any yard work or any household chores that you get have it to done do. early. Right. You got get plenty of time early. early in the day. Get it done. Plot down. Do all your honeydews and just, man, watch some football. Now, this week, and actually, it's for us, it's Wednesday night. We record on Wednesdays mm-hmm. and release on Fridays uh, so you can get you prepped. But we've got um, got some NFL action going on this week, starting Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to talk about three games. We're only picking three games this week. And yeah. let's let's preface this. The, to us, the NFL is a complete crapshoot. Um, we uh, early in the season, yeah. we really don't have a. Uh, I don't have my finger on the pulse of what's going to happen this season uh, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we hope there's not another epic collapse in the Super Bowl. Uh, oh well, if there is, um, we pick three games. We're going to talk about. We're not going to go yeah. in depth. Uh, what we are going to do, we'll pick these games, and then we got a special segment because uh, my man Daniel's Daniel's going to talk a little bit about fantasy because that. That probably has a little bit better reach uh, to, <laughs> to our listening I think more audience. People care about the NFL because of that Absolutely. versus sure. you know one one specific team. That's sure. that's what I what I focus on. What what got me paying a lot more attention to it. Um, so yeah, as far as breaking down teams and and knowing you know depth charts on defense and who's going to do what. Uh, we're not going to. We're not. We I got know to, that. We, I can tell you the depth charts offensively and fantasy ranking, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, neither one of us are gurus, and, and the NFL is so hard, so hard to pick and and predict what's going to happen week to week because all the teams they really are so. I mean, obviously, you, you look at a team like the Patriots and compare it to the Jaguars. Your home team, Jaguars. Easy, um, easy. There's a big gap, but week to week, anything can happen. So that's right. So. Uh, what we did, we picked three games. We're not gonna we're not gonna go in and break them down. Uh-uh. Uh, we've got some notes against the spread, but 
I, I will tell you why we picked these games. One, New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, one of the reasons I picked this game, it was it's like a big national game, yeah. big rivalry, first week of the season. And when I made my notes, Ezekiel Elliott was not going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's playing. One thing I do want to talk about, how can you be suspended but still play? play. That was that's completely confusing. They had on NFL Network last night had Ian Rappaport come on and say the suspension has been upheld. And literally like one minute at on the bottom on the ticker said Ezekiel Elliott will play week one. I was like, wait, this is what are they talking about? So he's suspended. But he's gonna but play. But he's gonna play. So I guess it's not Hey, you're you're um you're grounded, but <laughs> we're still gonna let you go out with your friends tonight. Yeah. But, I don't know if it'll kick in week mm. two or it'll be like Brady and he'll get you know, essentially a restraining order and injunction and get to play all year before it. Hey, who knows what's what's going to happen. But he's going to play. Well, the Giants can't be too happy about that. They can't. Um, Dallas, a uh, four-point favorite. Game is in Dallas. Um, Elliott will play. You know, I'm, I'm not a huge believer in karma. I'm not a huge believer in Eli Manning either. Um, mm-hmm. Who you got, man? I, I'm, I'm going to say that the... Giants cover. Uh, I, I'm sorry. The, the I'll take the Giants. I'm not going to give you a score, but I'm going to take the Giants mm-hmm. in the four points. So I think the Giants will win straight up. They beat them. They beat them twice last year. Week one they won by a point. Week fourteen they won by three. So two of the Giant the Cowboys three losses last year were to the Giants. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm taking the Giants straight up. Well, okay. If Beckham Odell Beckham plays and is it say eighty percent, I think New York wins. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't play. I'd probably take Dallas to cover and win. But if Beckham's out there, Brandon Marshall um, on offense now, I think – and I'm not a big believer in Eli either. He always looks like he's just, like, completely confused. Like, he's always got this look on his face like he smelled something bad or, like, he just doesn't really know what's going on. And um, – but they, they, they beat him twice last year, and I think week one, even though it's in Dallas um, – I'll pick, I'll pick the Giants in that, continuing our trend of the same, same picks, picks against the spread. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first again just so uh-huh. I don't, I'm not copying your picks. We've got uh, Jacksonville and Houston, okay? You're, our listeners are probably wondering why. <laughs> what? What is what value? <laughs> Who cares? All right. This is not about. Who yeah, cares? This is not about my hometown team, the Jaguars. More about It's this. not a little bit about that? Because <laughs> it seems like it's a lot about that. <laughs> It's about the national sentimental favorite this week, the Houston right, Texans. Yeah. Okay, Houston obviously still recovering from uh, from from the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and JJ Watt, by the way, has raised a ton of money. Dude, over twenty million dollars. Good lord. Uh, you know what? The only thing more scary about JJ Watt sacking a quarterback is his ability to raise money. That's like that's Impressive. freakishly good, man. It seems so. like he's always he's, he's adding a new video on Twitter with. Five more million, another million here, another million there. So, great work by JJ. Great work by JJ. I had to. I was doing some research, and it said Tom Savage is the starting quarterback, mm-hmm. and I was like, um, Tom I, Savage. Yeah, I was trying He's a guy to. That, he he came out when Aaron Murray came out of high school, and Savage was very highly ranked. I think he went to Rutgers first, and then he transferred to Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if he went somewhere else. He might have gone to Arizona State or or basically. So this is his first shot. Yeah, first really shot. A, career 461 yeah. passing yards, career high last season. Um, no one can be worse than what Brock Osweiler was last year, though, for them. I, I can't. I mean, there's Very no true. possible way. So I had DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins last year in fantasy, and it was like, well, I mean, anyone could have been better than Brock Osweiler, the poor Houston fans who had to watch him, and the management who gave him that huge contract. Uh, and now he, he got traded to the Browns, and he got cut, and now he's back. Yeah. How does that when work? you get cut by the Browns, you, yeah, well, that's rough. But, um, so I don't, I, I think at quarterback, they'll be more, you know, they'll get better play, because I don't think they could get worse play than they did last year. Um, in Jacksonville, it's a matter of, I mean, two years ago, Bortles looked great. You know, he looked, looked he was going to be a star. And then last year, what happened? Well, we don't know what happened last year. I can't tell you, um, other than it was bad, putrid, Very and bad. bad enough for them to pick up um, Leonard Fournette mm-hmm. uh, at, the, at the top end of the draft. 
Can he stay healthy this year? Man, that's a great question. Uh, got TJ Yeldon spelling him. The thing that that's scary to me for Jacksonville is JJ Watt and Jadavion Clowney on the defensive mm-hmm. line together. Help, hopefully that's healthy. That's a that could be a really you know for the next couple of years a really nasty duo. Houston's favored by five and a half. I think the entire country is pulling for something positive to happen for Houston. I can't, sure. I can't say that I blame them. I, I'd love to see my Jaguars win. I think Jacksonville travels uh, to Houston, and um, it's not very good. I'm going to take the Texans to cover the five-and-a-half points. I didn't want you to pick the Texans because I don't want to have the same picks over and over again. All right, I'll pick so you know what? No, no, no. You, you take Texans. All right. For the sheer sake of, of being different, and not us both taking the exact same picks, so we don't have to put up a graphic that has the exact same picks. <laughs> I will take the Jacksonville Jaguars. Daniel Allen is going with the Jags. Blake Bortles to to, to come through and, and, and Blake we say, trust. I don't care about. I have no pity on you, the city. If he's, I will be the villain for the for the week and uh, yeah. Not gonna happen. <laughs> Crush the, the Texans. Happen. No, I, I mean Not I think. Houston. I, know, I think I Houston wins, but uh, yeah, for for no other reason than than you picked Houston, I'm going with Jacksonville. Did, oh. you, you, did you hear? And I mean, in Florida, coming from Florida, you were around more people that Jaguars fans and people that probably said the word Jaguars. Anybody down there say Jaguars? You ever heard anybody Jaguars? Call them the Jaguars? No. no. I've heard. I've heard several people in my life call them the Jaguars. I was like, how is what UARS? How does that Jaguar? Not even Eric Cartman calls them I mean, Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, I just, that's that's a random random yeah. question, but that's kind of like saying uh, Hotlanta Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> Last uh, but not least, speaking birds. of the, oh my god, Atlanta traveling to Chicago. Atlanta is a seven point favorite. And if I have to hear how many times on Atlanta Sports Talk Radio that the Atlanta Falcons have the best roster in the NFL, I'll puke. Um, they saying that? Oh my gosh! It is um, you know, the the Falcons' homerism on local sports talk radio is just absurd to an absurd level. I think everybody is in a rush to kind of erase the memory of the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm uh, sure. So let's talk this up. You know, they were winless in the preseason, but the preseason doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no doubt this Falcon. The Falcons have an extremely talented roster. Yeah. Uh, I keep hearing people say the window of opportunity is you know four or five years. I think that's on the long end. I think they've got about two or three years to get it done. Uh, maybe some issues on the offensive line uh, for the Falcons. Uh, not as deep as they want to be coming out of the preseason. But who's your coordinator? Yeah, you, you, coordinator. That's a big. That's a big one. But they do. Uh, they do pick up. Um, Who do they pick up? From Alabama, formerly from USC. Oh, Sark. Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm, I, I was drawing a blank. So, so let's see if he and, and Matt Ryan can find a rhythm. I just don't think you're going to get the explosive, the same explosiveness, explosiveness out of that offense as you got last season. I think they, the Falcons caught lightning in a bottle. They were really good last season. Let's not take anything away from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, seven point favorites over over Chicago. What you got, Daniel? I'm gonna let you pick first this time. Okay, I appreciate it. I think um, I think Atlanta will will cover seven points is a lot in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think Atlanta will cover that with with Mike Glennon starting for Chicago and they lose Alshon Jeffrey, and they weren't all that impressive last year either. <laughs> I think Atlanta and like you said, they want to put that that last game, the Super Bowl, kind of erase that. I think they'll look, they'll want to probably be come out angry and want to. Um, you know, make a get out to a fast start. So, I think Atlanta will cover seven points. I don't. I don't think Atlanta covers the seven points. I think they win the game. I think uh, we're looking at 27-21, right at six points. So, you think Mike Glennon, Jordan Howard can keep it within a touchdown? Of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman. Absolutely. That's both. <laughs> it is in Chicago. That's just like when you look at the rosters, it, it's like, I mean, that's a huge, you've got the MVP. You've got, in my opinion, the, the most physically talented receiver in the NFL. You've got Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. And then on the other side, you've got Mike Glennon and Mitchell Trubisky. Jordan Howard's he's very good, but then Kevin White, I mean, it's just 
offensively, that's that's gonna be <laughs> wide gap. But hey, it's bold. I like it. Yeah, the Falcons are also two and six against the spread in their last eight meetings. Stat guy coming out. I, I gave Art a hard time about his against the spread stats this week. But you didn't really drop any. You just did. I just did. But you That's, had a lot more in your pocket that you could have thrown out well, there. Well, I, I didn't want to bore our listening audience with our against the spread. So let's just to recap for the college games, uh, we, we're both taking uh, Georgia and the points. We'll take Auburn and the points. We'll take uh, Stanford in the points. Mm-hmm. And we will take Oklahoma in the points. I've got uh, – I've also got Stanford – Winning straight up over USC and Ohio. Uh, Me too. Um, so we both got Stanford straight up. And then we both have the Giants. Uh, we'll take the Giants and the points. I will but take, you think Dallas is winning the game? Right? Uh, yeah, Sorry, Dallas gonna win that, yeah, Dallas is going to win that game. Uh, I will take Houston uh, to cover five and a half. Daniel Allen will take the Jaguars. Uh, I've got Chicago to cover. Atlanta wins that game. Daniel's taking Atlanta and, his, and he's given up seven points. Yeah. So. We'll recap those on Twitter for you all. Um, but and that I'm all, again, I'm only taking Jacksonville so that we have a little zero. <laughs> I don't have 100 faith in that. So right now we're both sitting at three and one, and um, not a whole lot of difference this week. But there is a chance for some separation there. What are you looking? I mean, this week, what are you looking most forward to? NFL, college. What I, I think you may have alluded to this earlier, but what's the I mean, the, is it the college games? At, at, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, to to go play at Notre Dame, they're not what they they have been. It's kind of like a battle of two programs living in the past. <laughs> but, but that to me, um, and then I mean, Ohio State and Oklahoma and, and Clemson and Auburn. That's gonna be that's gonna be great. I love the NFL and especially especially for fantasy. But it it can't to me it can't. It can't live up to to college and the excitement of college. All right, you mentioned fantasy. We got to give our listeners a fantasy nugget, man. Or what, what you got? You got a couple fantasy nuggets, nuggets? week one. Um, so week to week, it's hard. I'll throw out a few sleepers. Okay, here's a few sleepers. So at each position. So let's let's think. Quarterback. There's not. I can't really think of any sleepers at, at, at quarterback. So I'll give you a running back. I'll give you a wide receiver. And I'll give you a tight end. And these are free, right? No, you don't have to subscribe to anything to this get this knowledge, right? You just this no. Is, this is free. This is free. See, we're I like it. The yeah. role players for yeah. the people helping you make money in your league. So at running back, the the you know the the top the Elliott suspension is a big deal because those the top three him David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell were like just a given for the top three. So mm-hmm. that was a big hit. A guy that you could get in like the second round, third round to me that's that's undervalued, although he's trending upward, is Kareem Hunt for the Kansas City Chiefs, who steps into in place of Spencer Ware in an offense. Andy Reid offensively, I mean, they, his running backs are always, always do well. So that's a guy to me, Kareem Hunt. There's a lot of rookie running backs this year. I think he, Fournette, Fournette stays healthy. He he'll probably be the the leading running rookie running back. But Kareem Hunt could easily push him. So that's the name there. Um, a wide receiver. Okay, a wide receiver that I think you could get in like the third round, fourth round, that has a chance to have a very good year is Terrell Pryor going to Washington. So last mm. year for Cleveland, he had a thousand yards. Really, his first year at wide receiver. A thousand yards with no great quarterbacks last year, so he goes to Washington to a very good underrated passing offense with Kirk Cousins, and he's the featured guy right away. So I think he he could have a very good year. And then at tight end, um, out in LA, newly moved to LA, um, the Chargers Hunter Henry, the former Arkansas tight end, who's kind of last year he had eight touchdowns, and this year. He he didn't play a whole lot yes last year I think maybe 30 40% of the snaps with with Antonio Gates there but I think they're going to start phasing Gates out of the offense and Hunter Henry in and I think he's a, a future star so so off the top of my head those three three sleepers for you running back Kareem Hunt wide receiver Terrell Pryor tight end Hunter Henry I'm not going to sit here and say well draft Antonio Brown I think he could have, you know yeah, I mean those are anybody obvious. can write so trying to take so if you if you already had your draft or if you go week by week, 
uh, or if you haven't had your draft and you go week by week, those are the three guys you're looking at. Daniels as sleepers. If you can pick mm-hmm. maybe Hunter Henry or Pryor up on the waiver wire. Uh, um, or if by the time secondary- this comes out, and you know, already drafts have already come out, but there is a lot of people play the daily like FanDuel and DraftKings week by week, and those are, I mean, those are... Or maybe you're trying to figure out if I start Pryor or yeah. someone else. Yeah. Um, just, just three names kind of off to, the top of my head. Just to, to uh, be aware of this season. Yeah, for the fantasy people out there. I, I tell you what, we... Um, we see some weird stuff, and for our wild card today, it just kind of we didn't prepare for this. This just mm-hmm. fell in our it, it really fell in our lap. Um, yeah. And actually, I'm glad fell it, in a lot yeah, of people's fell, laps. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it I'm glad it did not literally fall in our lap. But uh, c- kind of the weirdest thing we've ever seen. Like uh, we live in north of Atlanta in the yeah. metro area, and we see some weird stuff. But um, you know, I'm pull out of my neighborhood this morning and I listen to the radio and they say there is a tiger a tiger um and I was like oh man um is is are the Clemson are the Auburn fans coming through is you know a tiger and, I always think that somebody's like had too much to drink and just saw like a, a big dog or something and right that's a tiger right there right yeah. you know but yeah yeah, yeah that tiger yeah, we saw all the pictures tiger was a legit that's probably the tiger was probably like three or four hundred pounds i mean it was a it was a tiger like like <laughs> and not the not the the most probably not the most bizarre animal to wander the streets of atlanta no so in the last so decade. we're trying to think of that you know what what you've been here a little bit longer than me and up here you know it's not out of the ordinary to see a bear or a coyote or yeah. deer or fox um a chupacabra you know those things <laughs> things we see from time We've to time seen a here. lot of those up here the chupacabra i don't think i have ever seen a tiger but i feel mm-hmm. like we're you know we're on the precipice of a like a jumanji moment in atlanta mm-hmm. with a tiger coming through We've had what? We had a buffalo, buffalo in Atlanta in last year too, a zebra that went running up and down the. Um, That's right from the, the circus, interstate. right? That, yeah, that was out of the yeah, circus. Yeah, the zebra got loose. We had a uh, bunch of raw chicken out, yeah. dumped out on the street. Yeah, some chicken, yeah. Now a tiger. We've had sinkholes. Yeah, uh, several sinkholes in the last year too. Just uh, the bridge. Just, the bridge went down. The bridge caught on fire. What is wrong with Atlanta? <laughs> This is, I mean, the transportation system, in my opinion, is one of the worst in the country. Anyway, it's just the, the design of it all, but it doesn't help to put tigers and and buffalo and sinkholes and. <gasps> you drive down there a lot more than I do. Well, Oof. you know, it's that, very difficult to get around in Metro Atlanta uh, without lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, but. Uh, bizarre news story. You don't believe us? Check it out. Tiger was tiger, tiger was was and, and unfortunately the tiger is has perished. They had to put the, has perished. Put the put the tiger to exist. Put the tiger down. So uh, uh, we're because just, of because it was doing what what tigers do. And what what is that that tigers do? They, just, they, they eat <laughs> you know, eat smaller things. Yeah, sometimes I mean, bigger things. So we, we're still waiting on the full story on how this tiger got loose. Yeah. Who was who was in charge of tiger security during the transport? Because if you uh, walk out in your backyard and you're having your coffee, and a tiger, and a tiger is there. Like what you? I know your response. Yeah. Not PG. No, you it's would, not. You um, would you would have to change your your clothes. Yeah. It, I, and I'd probably pass out too. So <laughs> both wake up with it. Uh, I think I'd freeze. I just think I'd it's just in shock and just kind of stare at it and get eaten. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe if I came to, I'd probably try to record it. I came across a bear a couple of years ago in a neighborhood in Roswell. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, I was pulling into the driveway, and then I see there's just a bear walking across it. And so I just kind of stopped, and, and literally the first thing that, that flashed in my mind, that, that came to mind, I don't know why I thought this, for some reason, I was like, "Oh, they have they have a pet bear." I'm like, "Oh, it's fine. It's in their driveway. It must be their bear." I was like, "But like, that's the first thing that came to mind as soon as I saw it. My initial response was, that just must be their bear." Of course. And and this was this isn't like in the woods or the hills or anywhere. I mean, this was in Roswell, and so I, you know, metropolitan area suburbs, and um, 
and and like as soon as I kind of I just I remember I stopped and he kind of looked at me and then he walked off and so I just backed up and then rolled the window down and followed it and recorded it and uh so that I mean I similar but I think if I saw a tiger I don't I don't know that that's even more at least you bears aren't anything um they're not like a a rare sight around here a tiger in the United States yeah last time I checked tigers were not native to <laughs> not Atlanta native to the to the to North America. Oh my gosh! It so. never. Atlanta is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, we could go on and on, but crazy I, I, things. So tigers in the in the last several years, speaking of, have and it was attacking a dog, uh, and when it got when it got laid to rest. But tigers in general in the state of Georgia going against dogs recently haven't fared that well. No, they haven't. Uh, maybe. Um, Maybe they need some intervention from the referees. That's uh, that's, that's how the dog beat the tiger. So, uh, all right. Anything else we got to cover this I, week? I think that's it, man. We big week. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, you can find us uh, three places. Uh, one, the the podcast will be obviously be on Twitter. You can follow us at the Role Players One on Twitter. That's T H E R O L E P L A Y E R S, and then the number one. You can find us on iTunes, uh, just the Role Players. Uh, if you Google Role Players, we will be, we should be the first uh, yeah. podcast that pops up with the uh, microphone uh, gift. Blue letters around the microphone. Yep, and then you can for for those uh, of you who are not iTunes adopters or adapters, um, you can find us on SoundCloud at the Role Players One. Just Google that. We are not SoundCloud artists. Um, but thanks for listening. Have fun this weekend. Be safe. And if you're in the path of one of these, uh, Houston, we're still thinking about you. And if you're in yeah. the path of, of Irma, uh, South Florida, the, uh, actually the entire state of Florida, uh, Peninsula, Florida, and even uh, South East Georgia, South Carolina, we're thinking about you guys. Uh, come on up to come on up to Georgia, man. They're opening up Atlanta Motor Speedway as a as a um, shelter yeah, area. Just so just way. get out get out of harm's way. Be safe, guys. We are the role players. I am Arthur Mosley. He is my friend. Daniel Allen. And just remember, our opinions don't matter. Listen to them anyways. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.